Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. Thank you to my lovely assistant, Vanna Kim White-Wilson. She's still helping me. Chickie's almost better after her ACL surgery. She'll be back at it. In fact, she's going to add some technology. I'll hopefully, we'll have the verses up today. I'll point each time I need a verse. So for Chickie for that. But uh, here we are. If you are watching this, I just want to let you know that we are starting indoor services. November 1st, we're going to be at St. Martin's School. The school at St. Martin's, we really appreciate them opening up their school to us. So 10 o'clock Sunday mornings, we'll be there. Uh, go on our website, www.newhopechurchpa.org, and you can see all the different things we have. Wear your mask inside once you sit down. You can take it off if you want to. We're all spread out. We have assigned seating, but if you haven't signed up, it's no problem. Come on in. We'll find you a spot socially distanced. Once you sit down, you can go wherever you, you know, do whatever you want. And also, if you want to move your seats, you can do that. You can move wherever you want. Um, and also, there's things for kids, and we're going to celebrate communion this Sunday. So FYI, in case you're watching this and you want to come for the communion. Uh, birthdays, Juliana Hoff Wilson. All right, she's a Wilson now, but was a Hoff. And uh, so only birthday this week. The title for today, the title for today is God's Amazing Grace, God's amazing, shocking grace is what I put the title. God's amazing, shocking grace, 2 Kings 7, 1 to 2. And we landed on a great couple of verses for our first Sunday going back inside as a church. Elisha is a type of the disciples of Jesus Christ. He's a type of the apostles, but by extension, all disciples of Christ, us today. And he's having a really bad year. If you've been following, you know what I'm talking about. I think we could all relate. We probably, most of us, everybody I talk to can't wait for 2020 to, to end, for the calendar to turn. But that may not be the end of our problems or our challenges, I think. I think we just are maybe just be, are just priming the pump so far. But what we're going through here in the USA today, 2020, is nothing compared to what Elisha was dealing with. His ministry was a failure. <clears throat> a failure. Most people were worshiping idols, the false gods, the false bowels. Only a remnant had stayed faithful to Jehovah. They were experiencing an invasion. Israel, not Judah yet, but Israel was experiencing an invasion. They were invaded by an enemy. There was a, they were in an intense famine. They were eating their kids. Uh, the king had a fake revival, which didn't fool Elisha or God. And to top it all off, now the king wants to cut off Elisha's head. He wants to cut off his head. He's blaming Elisha for everything bad that's happening. I've been warning you, keep your eyes open. Uh, where, where Christians are going to get blamed too here. It looks like this is the end of the line for Elisha. The end of the line, it's the end of the line for Elisha, the end of the line for the king and the country. Lots of similarities to the USA today. And yet, we are going to see today, we will see a shocking turn of events today and over the next few weeks. The enemy and the famine will disappear overnight. <laughs> They'll wake up and the enemy and the famine will be gone. Imagine this. Imagine if we wake up Monday morning. And coronavirus is gone. The economy is booming. Uh, and, 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 and the Eagles have won. Wouldn't that be even the most shocking of all? The Eagles have won. Uh, imagine if all that happened. That is like what happened with Elisha and the story we're going to look at today. This is a message of hope for each 
one of us. Each one of us, each church, our church, each church, and for the USA today, a message of hope. Let's pray. Father, we, I pray that we would all have hope after today, knowing that you are in total control and knowing that you want to show us your mercy and grace. Lord, I pray that if anybody here has never acted on your mercy and grace, they've never put their faith in Jesus, that today would be that day for each person here and for the rest of us that we would learn to live by your mercy and grace. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read the the little story that we've been looking at, the whole the whole little story here. I'm going to look at start with Second Kings six, twenty four to twenty three before we get to our couple of verses for today. Because I want to set the tone here. Uh, verse twenty four. Sometime later, Ben Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of sea pods for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, If the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor? From the wine press? Then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, This woman said to me, Give up your son so we may eat him today, and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So he cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, Give up your son so he may see, eat him. But she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. He said, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead, but before he arrived, Elisha said to the elders, Don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? So while he was still talking with him, the messenger came down to them, him, and the king said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Okay. That sets us up for today's couple of verses. 2 Kings 7, verse 1 and 2. Uh, Chickie will put that up, I think. Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a sea of flour will sell for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. Woo, we'll get to that next time, next week. But, amazing, amazing that God is going to pour, open the floodgates of heaven is what he's going to do. He's going to get rid of the enemy and, 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 and flood them with food. Wait till you see next time. But he's, Elisha gives this prophecy and it's going to happen. Now, what I want to look at today is, you would have thought, you would have thought that Israel was finished, right? You would have thought that God finally had enough. Finally had enough. Just based on God's word alone, you would have think they had crossed the line of grace. In fact, looking at Jeremiah 18 and 19, and this is dealing with Judah, but the principles are the same. But in Jeremiah 18, 7 to 10, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed... And if that nation, I warn, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, 
then I'll reconsider the good I intended to do for it. Woo, haunting words for the USA Today, right? But let's look at 19, 3 to 5 and see what they were doing that was causing God to, to bring judgment. Hear, hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and the people of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Listen, I'm going to bring a disaster on this place that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. For they have forsaken me and made this a place of foreign gods. They have burned sacrifices in it to the gods that neither they nor their fathers nor the kings of Judah ever knew. And they have filled this place with the blood of the innocents. Here we go. They have built the high places of Baal to burn their sons in the fire as an offering to Baal, something I did not command or mention, nor did enter my mind. So two key pieces, the final straws for God with Judah, going back even further, is that the, the worshiping foreign gods, turning away from the one true God to worship these demon gods, and secondly, to burn, to sacrifice their children to these gods. That's child sacrifice. Two things, you, the, the final straws. You talk about the warning for the USA today. We, that, this is us, right? And, uh, and to top it all off now, the king is trying to murder Elisha, one of the few true prophets, one of the few, few, few true preachers of God's word left in the land. Think of USA Today. One of the few left that, that, that was left for God. And now the king is trying to kill him. But you would think it's over. It's the end of the line, right? You think they're, they're done. But God shocks everyone with amazing mercy and shocking grace. He shocks them all. God is willing to give the king and Israel another chance. <laughs> He's going to give him another chance. Do you think that God is just mean guy in the sky who's just waiting to zap us every time we do something wrong? You know, we're playing golf and we curse and, and elect, the, the lightning bolt comes out and zaps the, the golf club and zaps the guy. Do you think he's just waiting to get us for messing up? Think again. Think again. That is, God, Ezekiel 33, 11, is, is what God's perspective is. He says, As I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure... In the death of the wicked. Oh, chicky. <laughs> I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? God is not, does not want to have to judge us. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want our country to die. He doesn't want us to die in our sin. He doesn't want that. Do you think that God's that way? Think again. Think of the things that we have done. Think of the things that we have done or thought about doing or almost have done. Think about that. And yet, here we are today. Here we are today, saved. And, and experiencing God's blessings. Experiencing God's amazing grace. We are proof. We are proof that God wants to give us his mercy and grace. He wants to give us another chance. Do you need proof of God's love? God's amazing love? That he wants to pour out his love and blessings? This story, 2 Kings 7, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2, is proof of that. This story, God gives us so many chances and He's always willing to give us another chance. It's called mercy and grace. No matter how many times we crash and burn, no matter how many times <clears throat> we fall, He will help us back up again. If we will reach out our hand to Him, He will help us back up again and give us another chance. Think of your children. 
Your kids mess up all the time, right? And some of your kids really mess up. You know, some of our kids really, really mess up. No matter how many times they mess up, if they still call us, if they still show up at the door, if they still, you know, come to us, we're trying to go to sleep and they come in and say, I got this problem. If they come back to us and tell us and ask for help, who, what parent wouldn't give our kids another chance if they will reach out to us? Who wouldn't do that? And that is God. He's our loving Father. He will give us a chance. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 talks about God's mercy and grace. God's mercy and grace. Hebrews 4, 14, Therefore, since we have a great high... Chicky. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. And here we go. Let us then <clears throat> approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We should approach God's throne with confidence because of Jesus Christ, because he's our high priest, because of his death on the cross, because his blood has been shed. We can approach God's throne with confidence, not arrogance, but confidence knowing that God will once again, give us mercy and grace. Mercy is the forgiveness. Grace is the strength to, to fight against whatever we're battling. God is always waiting to give us his mercy and grace. Now, let's connect some dots. Let's connect some dots from this passage to our life in the USA today and in our individual lives. <clears throat> like Elisha's situation, we as Christians, it's a picture of Christians, we as Christians are in dark times. This country is in deep trouble. We are looking at a civil war, but much worse than the first civil war because this civil war is more like bloody Kansas or what happened in Missouri because we're all mixed together. There isn't state against state. We're all mixed together. And this civil war will be like what happened in bloody Kansas when neighbor fought neighbor and, and everybody attacked each other and it was just uh, the, the you know the, uh, revenge and revenge and it was horrible. It happened, it started 10 years before the civil war, kept going five, 10 years after the civil war. Bloody Kansas, read the stories, it's horrible. That's what the USA is facing. It's brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor living here. It's going to be it's going to be a terrible time this may be the end of the usa as we know it we may become the divided states of america yet even now we might still we could still experience a window of grace a shocking window of grace it's often when things look most hopeless when things look most hopeless that god is getting ready to act did you know that right after the revolution, the U.S. went had a moral freefall? It was because of what was going on in France and 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 the, the French Revolution and and people won this war and they broke free of Great Britain and there were not the same constraints and there were a lot of Christians, especially our leaders, a lot of Christians. But but the the, the country went into a moral freefall. It became horrible alcoholism and, and abusing women and it just it just was a horrible crime it was just a horrible horrible time and they and the the experts said it's the end of the u.s the great experiment the democratic experiment has failed the usa will not survive but something happened god's window of mercy and grace happened there was the second great awakening broke out the Second Great Awakening broke out and it, and it preserved our country. It preserved our 
country. And, and this is a picture. It's often when things look most hopeless that God is getting ready to act. We don't know what God's going to do, but it's, it, it could happen. We could see another window of, of, of grace. No matter what, though, the key is we have to keep our, our faith and keep our heads. Elisha kept his head and he kept his faith. But what would happen <clears throat> if Elisha had freaked out? If he had fallen away from his faith, if he had lost it, like so many, so many people over 35 years of ministry, I've seen so many people. They hit a crisis, they lose their faith, and one of two things happen: we either get we turn to God and we get closer to God, and our faith grows, or we 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 fall away from God, we lose our faith, or we or we crash in our faith, and and I, so many Christians pull away from God, and that's the very time we need Him the most. That's the very time we need it the most. That's the very time when we could grow the deepest in our faith that we turn to God. But so many lose it. What if Elisha had lost it? What if he had freaked out? What if he freaked out and lost his head? You know, not just lost his face, but lost his head. What if he had quit instead of faithfully ministering? He's locked away with these elders and they're praying and they're seeking God. What if he had quit? <clears throat> what would have happened? History would have changed. I think of in, in, in our life uh, with Kim and I, you know, losing our first son. It was horrible. Horrible, not just losing him, but the seven years of him being a prodigal and then finally losing him. It was, it was horrible. It would have been easy to quit. I don't think I didn't think about it. It would have been easy to quit. But <clears throat> if we had quit, instead of turning to God, together, got closer to each other and closer to God, that's what happened in our life. If we hadn't done that, what, what would have happened? What would have happened? The next three sons are in ministry. One's an evangelist. One's the preacher. One's a teacher. Uh, you know, th- three three men and a, and a baby. <laughs> Should make a movie. We got this little baby who's now four years old. Uh, we would have missed out on on three men and a baby. This this blessing. This little girl. We would have missed out on that. And and not only that, but all of that we've seen with our church and, and ministry and neighbors and witnessing and, and a lot more. We would have missed out on three men and a baby and a lot more if we had quit. Will we, in the midst of these crises, will we keep our faith and keep our heads? Will we remain faithful? Will we live as salt and light? This, we don't know what's going to happen in this country, but it doesn't matter. We're called to be salt and light. The darker it gets, the brighter we can shine. But we're called to be salt and light. Salt to preserve and, and slow down the decay. It's in decaying. But so look for God's grace. We're called to look for God's grace in our hopeless situations. Don't listen to the mockers. In, 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 in uh, chapter 7, verse 2, they, the guy mocked. He said, what, could God even do this? He opened the floodgates of heaven? And he was mocking. And boy, wait till you see what happens to that guy. You don't mock God. But don't listen to the mockers. <clears throat> don't listen to the media. Don't listen to the, most of the media's liars. Don't listen to the celebrities. who These people live horrible, broken lives. Arrogantly broken lives. They, Antichrist lives. Why would we listen to them, right? Don't listen to the intolerant bullies. The people that preach tolerant, but really they're intolerant bullies. They're bullies. They're just trying to discourage the Christians. They're trying to discourage us. Don't listen to them. God might just surprise us. Either way, we're salt and light. But God might just surprise us. He can do the impossible. The impossible. Connect the dots. There's a lot of ways you can connect them today, can't you? Connect the dots. He might do the impossible. God can still do amazing things in the USA today. I believe that we're going to see some kind of revival. It may be a remnant revival. 
It may be a bigger revival that turns into a spiritual awakening. doesn't matter. We're called to be faithful, but I do believe we'll see at least a remnant revival. And I lean toward that's probably the revival we'll see. But look at Elisha here. Look at Elisha here. This, what he did did not cancel God's judgment on Israel, but it did put it on hold. It didn't cancel it. The judgment still came. The people didn't follow through. But it did put it on a hold because of his actions and his faith and his, his, his faith here. It put it on a hold. It was a window of grace, a shocking window of grace here. No matter what happens on Tuesday in the election, no matter what happens in the election and afterward, very likely there's going to be violence. No matter who wins, there's going to be violence. There's going, to be, there's going to be riots. The police are all prepared. The National Guard is ready. Our country is a powder keg. No matter who wins, there's going to be probably serious ramifications. But no matter what happens, God is still in control. It's never too late to experience God's grace. No matter who wins, there can still be a revival. In fact, if, if the more anti-Christ group wins, there's probably a higher chance of revival, right? Uh, we don't know what God's going to do. We don't know what God's going to do. But no matter what God, it's not too late to experience God's grace. Look what just happened with the Supreme Court. We have been praying for years and pleading for years with God to, to overturn Roe versus Wade and, and let us be able to fight the battle of abortion at a state level. And, and look what happened. This shocking turn of events that Amy Barrett has been replaced, uh, uh, Ginsburg, and shock, that's God's shocking grace to our country that Roe is on the ropes and, and babies could be saved and this country could be saved if we re, will really repent of this wicked evil that, that that god is in control it's never too late to experience god's grace the same goes for each of our lives our individual lives no matter what mess we are in and we're all a lot of us are in messes aren't we no matter what mess we're in god's grace can still shock us god's grace can still shock us you may be ready to give up you may be ready to give up on your marriage you might be ready to give up on your prodigal you might be ready to give up on your job, your situation, your health. You may be you may be ready to give up because you're so depressed. You just want to die. I talked to people recently. They just want to die. They're so depressed. But God may be just be getting ready to act, to put the finishing touches on our refining and our faith. He might be just getting ready. And are we like Elisha? Are we shutting the world out? Are we shutting ourselves in with God in fellowship and prayer, standing firm in our faith? Are we doing that? Hebrews 4.16, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4.16 Are we, are we de- taking advantage of are we are we living by God's mercy and grace? Have you maybe you're here maybe you're listening to this and you're not a Christian? You've never taken advantage of God's mercy and grace. That's the first step: is putting your faith in Jesus Christ, giving your life to Jesus Christ. John three sixteen: For God so loved the world. You talk about mercy. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. You talk about mercy sacrificing his own son to die in our place to take our punishment on the cross. 
And not, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again after three days. He rose from the dead to prove he was the Son of God. To prove he could give us a brand new life if we will put our faith in him. Whoever believes in him. The word believe means to put your total trust in. Completely depend on to give your life to Jesus Christ. Have you ever done that? You can do that now. You can do that now. And, and, and that's what communion, we're going to be celebrating communion. If you come on Sunday, you can celebrate communion. But that's what communion is all about. That, that Jesus died for us and is remembering how he died for us and gave his body and blood for us. And he's waiting for anyone and everyone. No matter what we have done, he's waiting for us to put our faith in him. No matter how far, we, far we've fallen away from God as a Christian, he still offers his mercy and grace. We can come back. We can come back. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, and wherever you are, maybe you're not celebrating communion, but wherever you are, you can still commune with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. The communion on Sunday is just a reminder to commune with Him on a regular basis. You can, we can still turn to Him at any time. No matter how far we've fallen, He's waiting. If we will reach out to Him, He's waiting to, waiting to take our hand and get us back up. Yeah, there's going to be discipline most likely, but it's just to refine us and to strengthen our faith. It's in love. It's to, it's to make us stronger spiritually. It's to help God fulfill His purpose in our life. Will you turn to God for His mercy and grace? Your prayers like, God, I want, I'm coming to your throne. I'm coming before you. I'm reaching out for you, God, Father. I need your mercy and grace, your forgiveness and help. <clears throat> I need more of Jesus in my life. And maybe as you're praying this prayer, God's putting on your mind someone to reach out to help for, another Christian brother or sister or pastor, someone to reach out to to say, please help me. I need encouragement. I need someone to come alongside of me and help me to move forward spiritually, to get back right with God, to find healing for, for my family or for my marriage or for whatever you're going through. Father, I pray that each person would know your mercy and grace, would come back to you no matter where we are, what we've done, come back to you, to have a relationship with you, that, to, to, to know the love of, of, of your Father, Jesus. We pray that. And if anybody who's, who's and while we're praying, maybe you realize that you can't come to God's presence. You can't come to God because you've never given your life to Jesus. But you can do that right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You can give your life to Jesus right now. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. The prayer of faith, God, I turn away from the sin in my life. I turn away from the garbage in my life. I turn away from the shame. I turn away from anything in my life that goes against your word or your will for my life. I repent. I'm asking you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. His death on the cross for me. His resurrection from the dead for me. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Him.
Father, I pray that every person who hears this will make sure that they have given their life to Jesus, that they put their faith in Him. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. If you need help with anything, I'm always here. If you're local, you can call me. If you're not, you can email me, nhcc at comcast.net. Or uh, if you have put your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. You might have a family member or a friend who's a Christian or you know of a good church locally or somebody at work you can talk to. Somebody's witness to you. You can tell them. They'll be so excited and they'll help you grow in your faith. Please tell somebody. And once again, if you don't have anybody to tell, email me, nhcc at comcast.net and I will be excited for you and help you grow in your faith, get you connected, okay? All right, God bless. Uh, see you next time. Uh, the next story just gets better and better. We're on a, a, a positive streak next couple of weeks. It's a, it's a lot of exciting things happening here in the life of Elisha that mean a lot for us. God bless.